Beyond Sin 353. You're listening to Beyond Synth Radio. B008.5. Up next, it's the Beyond Synth Roundtable with Andy Last, Marco Marek, Florence Bullock, and Michael Oakley. This is the story of four friends. Andy Last, Marco Marek, Florence Bullock, and Michael Oakley. Together, they set out to have the best conversations of all time. Here, at the Beyond Synth Roundtable. No, as I mean, if my computer stops recording, then... Okay, well, I'm still recording it, like, on this, too, right? So it should Have you good. tried a stiletto to the ass? <laughs> <laughs> Someone just sent me a song, and it's stiletto in the lyrics. It made me laugh. Yeah, that's we've got to play that, Is man. Is it stiletto? <laughs> Do they have balls or ass in the rest of the lyrics? I don't too? know, it sort of changes. It was ass. stiletto to the balls, and then it became stiletto <laughs> to the ass. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> What's up with that? Well, because we talked about it on one show, and whatever. Sexual fetishes. (laughs) Fetishes. Fetishes? Nobody wants to let out to the balls. I don't know where you come up with this shit. No, because I saw an episode. There was this show where these people would... It was two men who would go to different countries in the world and explore weird sex work stuff in different countries. And uh, one of them was they went to this like a weird sex club where dudes would just lay down and ladies would just stomp on their balls like with fucking high heels on. (laughs) That was the job. And like, Anyway, let's start the show. So that's why. If anyone wonders why Marco and I always talk about stilettos, like it it stemmed from a conversation about that because <laughs> you know it's real important all right yeah good stuff hey <laughs> yeah it's real good all right <laughs> hey there welcome to the show this is uh beyond synth roundtable this is where myself and a few other cool people just sit back and and have a chat and uh i am joined today by florence bullock hello from the floor yes well we'll, we'll get to that <laughs> <laughs> and Marco Merrick. Hey, everybody. And Michael Oakley. Hello. How are you? <laughs> good. Good, 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 good. Excited for today's unplanned, unscripted, literally. Because I remember, remember I, I asked, I said, uh, do I need to do any like research? No, we'll just wing it. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> This season of uh, Beyond Synth, obviously every week we're doing sort of different shows, and I feel like the purpose of the roundtable will be the more sort of candid, like, if I ever talk about behind-the-scenes things of the show or production or whatever, like, I'll I'll do it here. As I've done with all the shows this season, I'm going to get everyone to sort of reintroduce themselves, because <laughs> this, this whole season's like a, a reintroduction. So, Florence, you're on the floor. Tell people who Florence is. What? You tell them. <laughs> I have to start over? <laughs> <laughs> this is your this is this is your Troy McClure moment. Yeah, it's a fresh start. Hi. Hi Florence. I'm Florence. I'm pretty sure in the uh interview we did I said I'm a person. Yep. So yeah, I'm still a per- I'm still a person, which is cool. 
Um, I'm on the floor because I have really severe sciatica, so I can't stand up and I can't sit down. But I have maneuvered a mic stand to just point at the floor. So here I am on the floor, comfortable. And I, I make music occasionally. Not right now, but I have in the past. So what's the official status here? So, I mean, besides Glitbiter, you're also part of like some other projects as well, right? Yes, yes. So I am Glitbiter. I make music under that name. That is my solo project. But I am also in the band Dead Astronauts. I do mostly vocals and tiny bit of production occasionally. And then um, I'm also I also play keyboards in uh, the live version of Parallels. So that's it. That's what I do. Yes. So you're very busy. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Kick ass. And it was fucking lifting keyboards, though, that is why you're on the floor right now, right? Maybe. Yeah, I think I think it was because we had a really heavy mixer. When, when I was on tour with Parallels this past summer, I think I fucked my back lifting heavy things. And then that turned into really bad sciatica. So, yep. Jesus. Fun times. So, tour literally fucking broke me. Jesus Christ. But uh, hopefully I'll be getting surgery soon, because I've done literally everything and nothing has worked, and surgery is kind of the last straw, so that's what's happening. Fun times. Yes. Well, I hope all the best for you, and hopefully you're okay recording on the floor. Oh, yeah. No, this is... Cocaine is the answer. Oh, yeah. No, I love drugs. Drugs is... Drugs are great. (laughs) (laughs) Drugs have... um, They've helped me. They've definitely helped me through this. But like legal drugs, though. I haven't actually tried cocaine for this particular purpose, so... Well, I don't think cocaine would help for something like this, would it? I don't think it would. I don't think it would either. I'm not much of a like a drug scientist, but... Well, don't knock it till you try it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and our our resident cocaine lover, Marco Merrick, do you want to reintroduce yourself? (laughs) Even though I just made you do that about a few weeks ago? I thought I already did last week. (laughs) I know, I just did it last week. Well, this isn't going to air, this is going to air like three or four episodes after that, so... So people forgot about you. They forgot, yeah, I know, I can't blame them. (laughs) Uh, yeah, my name's Marco Marrick. I used to host Synthetic Sundays. I'm a long-time synthwave enthusiast, and uh, that's pretty much me, yeah, in a nutshell. Well, you're a cool guy. That's the bottom line. Thanks, Andy. You're welcome. All right, and uh, and of course, uh, we used to record these things called uh, family shows, which are very, very similar to this, with, <laughs> with one exception, and that exception is Mr. Michael Oakley. Explain yourself. Hi, I'm Michael Oakley. You may remember me from such albums as California. Introspect and Odyssey, and labels such as New Retrowave. And you, of course, are a talented musician and singer and have made lots of cool music, is that correct? I guess so. I guess so. It's not for me to say, is it? (laughs) (laughs) You said it. (laughs) Well, it's true. I'm a fan of Michael Oakley's work. Uh, You're a cool guy. You've been on the show uh, several times. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's nice to have you aboard the Beyond Synth Roundtable. Thank you for having me. So I guess that is officially what we're going to call this thing. I was banding about some other names, but uh, I couldn't uh, think of anything. I didn't want to have swear words in the title. Does anybody actually have a roundtable? No. Who has a roundtable? King Arthur. (laughs) What was the swear word title? Was there a... Well, hold on. Did I... Have, I, I mean, I think I... 
I posited also like the Beyonce in the four way. Jesus no. Christ. Of course you did, Andy. <laughs> well, it's like uh, sex, right? Oh, yeah. You know, so that, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> did or I d- foursome? Yeah. It's like sex. <laughs> sex sales. Sex sales. See, look, see, Michael Oakley knows, man. He does. He knows all the tricks. You know, when you go on YouTube and you throw up his thumbnail of a lady in a thong and all of a sudden you get so many more views. Okay. And that's what I'm going to start doing. Mm. Hey, Marco, did you see I posted our first Power Hour? I, like, this is the first episode of Beyond Synth I posted to YouTube in like five years because their algorithm at one point got so restrictive that it wasn't even worth it for me to post the show anymore because it just would flag everything. Yes. So I, I put it up and it seemed to work okay. Yeah. I, I got a whole bunch of stock footage of like tape decks and cassettes and stuff in the background so like that's what's sort of playing as the episode goes. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I was happy with that. I'm just going to use the same B-roll footage for every video, so like I'm not. I've made the template now. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, it's a good idea. No, it got quite a few views. I mean, not as much as the other cool one you did with the uh, the video editor. Fucking, that was pretty cool, man. I think everybody. Oh yeah, that but one. that video took like <laughs> fucking six months to make, so <laughs> I can't do that every week. It would be nice. Oh well, all right. Well, no, I didn't mean that. <laughs> I'm just saying, fucking, that was a pretty good subject. Like, it's funny, though, because, like you're saying, you watch that advert, and, and it doesn't really click to me. It just seems like a weird advert. But then when you break it down, it's like, fuck, every single fucking thing in that advert is fucking so weird. Like, it's just, what the fuck is When I is get obsessive, on? yeah, Marco's just talking about the <laughs> YouTube video I put out with uh, the artgrid.io guy. Because, like, there's this ad that used to pop up every time I was on YouTube because I don't have an ad blocker. And there was this ad for artgrid.io, which is a stock footage company. And I, I just... I just obsessed over that ad. It was just, it, it played so often that I saw it so many times that I just had so many questions about it. And then I interviewed the, <laughs> the actor who was in the ad. And How did you find him? Yeah. Someone in one of the top comments on YouTube said his name. Like they did oh. sleuthing. So one of the comments on the Art Grid video is like, <laughs> here's the computer he's using. Here's what city this is. And the actor is uh, Amishai Miller. And so I just looked him up and messaged him. I'm like, dude, like, are you the guy from that ad? Because I can fucking quote this thing verbatim <laughs> I have seen it so many times <laughs> I can just anyway look the point is we're gonna have a fun chat today and Marco and I have uh, some songs to play so do you want to go first sure sure I'll play a song Andy no problem there's a new one out uh, which is available at Aztec Records they're doing some really good stuff at the moment over there uh, releasing a lot of good synthwave music uh, this one's a bit of more of a, a synth pop type track uh, it's by P. Lima and it's called Far In Love I never know what to say when you look at me that way Everything slips away I never know what to do when you tell me I belong to you Just promise me it's true Baby, nothing else is changing Cause I'm too far in my 
All right, that was Pete Lima with Far In Love, the radio edit in brackets. And uh, that was actually on my list, Marco, to play like sometime in the future. So, Oh, no shit. There you go. So they see, we got to it sooner. So that's very exciting. That'll make all those people happy over there. But yeah, it was a good song. I liked it. And I'm back. We're back. The old round table here with Marco Florence and, and Michael. So um, who haven't I talked to? In a, Michael, what's going on in your life? Been writing new music, just uh, fully focused on that this year is my writing year after a year and a bit off you know sometimes you just go through phases where you really enjoy what you're doing and then there's periods where you don't enjoy doing it so I decided well I'm just going to take the time off I don't really feel like doing any music at this moment in time I know there's a sort of obsession with people on social media constantly putting out a single every month and, and it feels a little forced it's not really for me but I just would rather go away and then come back when I've got something worthwhile to say you know what I mean it seems like that's the business model now mm. is the, uh, the the monthly single oh my god that shit gives me anxiety because I'm just like <laughs> is that what I'm supposed to be doing because I'm not doing that yeah. like not even close <laughs> there's no way I could do that I just have yeah I agree with you Michael it just feels false doesn't it, it yeah oh my gosh it feels forced and I mean I think that's maybe that's one of the biggest things things I probably had to come back to because I'd released three albums in five years which for me is very productive and I just thought I need to get back now to that place of enjoying writing for myself. I think that that gets lost along the way because people start writing because they're chasing Spotify numbers or they're chasing likes on posts or they're just they get that little attention boost and then they, they get used to it, the taste of it and then it becomes an, almost like a, a mini addiction and then they have to keep on doing this to keep, I don't know, relevant or to stay, oh hey everyone look at me and I just, that, that sort of thing is just totally the antithesis of, of my philosophy because I, I feel like if you don't go away, how are you going to give people a chance to miss you and actually appreciate when you come back with something of substance? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like you say, hey, I'm back after two years. Here's a new album, you know, and it's like, oh, yeah, OK, cool. Whereas if you never go away, it's like, oh, fucking hell, another fucking single. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's this one about going to the arcade and your DeLorean? Yeah. Aye, okay. <laughs> Whatever. Aye, fuck That's off. <laughs> That's the thing, too, because I think not only from the artist's point of view, but it also primes the audience for that expectation as well, which is weird when I think about all the music that I love. You know, like Depeche Mode is one of my favorite groups, and like, you know, they're on like a three to four year cycle between albums. Like, they're not putting out an album every month or every year. And even in the synthwave scene, the artists do put out a lot of stuff. Well, here's the f- an interesting thing with Depeche Mode. When they were, uh, you know, in their, ha- their, their heyday, the halcyon days of Depeche Mode, I would call it, and in the 80s, they probably released... I don't know, six, maybe seven albums in a 10-year period. But if you listen through those albums, each of those albums sound nothing like each other. Yeah. They all sound completely like, almost like a different band in a way. And the only thing that keeps it threaded with familiarity is is Dave Gann's vocals and Martin Gore's vocals. But I think that's the difference, is that there's an evolution in the 
process even if they bring out an album a year whereas I mean this is me being a little bit of a bitch here but I mean and <laughs> <laughs> in, in, you know in synthwave when people are just releasing something every month it just sounds like the same shit regurgitated and refaced do you know what I mean it just like I can't tell the difference between the song it's like oh this sounds like what you did six months ago oh okay <laughs> I mean, I guess that's what makes Marco and I's job difficult when we sort of have to filter through this stuff and find the uh, the stuff that stands out. I mean, there is still stuff that stands out, though. Like, to be fair, I know sometimes people can be, like, down on it and be like, ah, you know, whatever, like with Synthwave is dead or whatever. But there is still good stuff. It's just you got to, you know, you got to actually look. Sell your soul to get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it's true, though. <laughs> or am I? <laughs> or am I, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know what the solution is, really, because that seems to be the expectation now. It's just that if you disappear or you're gone for like a week, all of a sudden it's like, where'd so-and-so go? And it's like, is that, is that weird that he hasn't produced a song in a year? Like, it feels like it's a long time, but it really shouldn't. Like, I don't like that even I have that expectation in my head now. Mm. But I don't know what to do about it. Because you're right, it's the same thing with uh, all the superhero movies and Star Wars and shit. Like, I love Star Wars, and... And now we just have the content mill of like there's like three shows a year and all this stuff and it's kind of making it like shit maybe it was better when there was just like one movie every five years and you got excited to go see new stuff and now that it's just constantly there it just removes all the uh the sp- i was about to say specialness that's not a word or is it? I mean, maybe, but I think everyone understands what you mean. <laughs> I, think, I think the word you're looking for is prestige. It, it, it takes away the prestige of, of a franchise when they literally are like, right, boys, we've been given a $150 million budget here to do a sequel. I guess we better get our heads together. You know what I mean? Just, it, that, that doesn't feel sincere. That doesn't feel genuine. It feels very kind of, right, we'll just sell out. You know, we'll just, yeah. we'll just, we'll just, we'll just write a derivative story that's an off we'll just hire some actors that people know you know christian bale can play the baddie <laughs> we, <laughs> did, did you just watch the new thor movie can, <laughs> i'm talking about the thor movie we, 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 we went we went to the movie theater and we saw that movie right and it wasn't bad it wasn't good it was just chewing gum for the eyes. It was just very sort of like, and Christ, I tell you what, I, I tell you, I tell you, Christian Bale was the best thing in it because he's a great actor. Yeah, yeah, Christian yeah. Bale was a phenomenal actor. But you know, you see all these other people that they're doing the best with the the script they've been given, but they're obviously picking up a big fat motherfucking paycheck, aren't they? I mean, that's why they're doing it. <laughs> to be fair, though, I've been thinking about this lately because everyone says this about the Marvel universe, like, oh, now they're in Phase Four and the movies aren't as good anymore. But to be honest, when I look back at the Marvel Universe, it always kind of was like every fourth movie or every fifth movie was really good. And then there was a bunch of ones in between that were okay. Mm. It started strong with Iron Man. And like Iron Man was a good one. But then like Iron Man 2 was just kind of mediocre. And the the Hulk with... um, Son of a bitch. Edward Norton. Yeah, Edward Norton. That movie's (laughs) like okay and Thor the first Thor movie was okay and the first Captain America was okay but then Avengers was a lot of fun when they all got together and I feel like people they got these weird like rose tinted glasses about Marvel like it was like 25 amazing films and then the franchise went woke and got fucked and it's like (laughs) no it was always kind of okay with the occasional great one and now they're just in a weird phase where all the movies are filled with a little bit too much comedy and it's not necessarily comedy that lands all the time and so 
so the movies just kind of have this weird tone to them, mm. like that new Thor film. I feel like, like if we're honest, there's very few franchises and not just movies but video games that survive when the hands get put on the wheel. You know, like the, that whole thing. There's a say, there's a saying that goes. A horse becomes a camel by committee. Mm -hmm. And that is when a whole boardroom of financial director investors and all that type of stuff get involved and then the idea gets passed around and it's not your idea anymore by the end of it and I feel like that's what happens with a lot of big budget movies right now and it's very sad at least there is some cool things though and we can talk about them after we listen to a song how about that <laughs> I'd like that Andy yes but I'm gonna play a song now this is a track from uh, an artist called Nitrous and uh, this is Crimson Skies
And that was Crimson Skies by Nitrous. And that's a cool song. Don't forget, you can uh, check out all the artists we feature on the show in the show notes down below. And I'm back here. We're doing the Beyond Synth Roundtable with uh, Marco, Michael, and Florence. Well, let's go to you, Marco. Have you watched anything good? You're always on Tubi. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, I did watch some cool shit. I watched, for the first time ever, you wouldn't believe it, I'm usually really up to date with old horror movies, but I watched Basket Case, and uh, <laughs> that was fucking amazing. <laughs> have you ever seen that of one? Of course I Oh, have. man, that is good. What's in the basket? Wow, I can't believe I never watched it before. <laughs> I said, like, I have, I've only seen the stupid picture, because when I flip through Tubi, I see Basket Case and Basket Case 2. Yeah. Oh, I don't know anything about this movie. It's like a mutant in a basket, isn't it? Isn't that what the... <laughs> <laughs> like, it's literally Basket Case. These sound effects won't stand unless we have context. It's amazing. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a Siamese. Basically, it's uh, two guys, like a Siamese brother, right? And he's been, been conjoined for fucking long time, and they finally get separated. And he carries his little mutated brother. He's kind of sort of hanging off the side of his body. And anyway, so he kind of carries him around in a basket now. <laughs> and he kind of goes from city to city and uh, lives a lonely life. And then any time he kind of gets involved with a girl, that his little basket case buddy gets upset. Uh, <laughs> it's wait, wait, so yeah. funny. Oh, so wait, the, so, so the mutant's always attached to him? In the basket. He's in the basket. No, no, they get oh, separated. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. But that's what's in the basket. <laughs> they eventually get separated. I think he's like a teenager. And then so he carries his, like, brother around. And they got a special right. connection, you know. Even though they're not connected anymore, of course. You Wait, know. So, oh, Jesus. But he carries so does the basket the case kill people? Of course he does. <laughs> uh, you could say that. Of course. <laughs> now. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, mate. You got to see it. Are you going to watch part two? Yeah, I'm going to watch part two. I've got part two and part three <laughs> saved. I think I'm Tubi. So I, I know we already that. talked about this. Shit, all these horror films. When you start scrolling through Tubi, man, franchises I never even heard of that have like eight sequels. I love Tubi. Like, there's this one where it's called like the Ginger Dead Man with Gary Busey as the voice of the. <laughs> and there's like three or four of them, Whoa. and they're like. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's like that. cheap as shit. I started watching the first one, and it's one of those movies that's like filmed on video, but like in the 90s, or it might even be like the 2000s. Like, you know, everything now, everything low budget looks like it's filmed on video. <laughs> but when you see something that like looks like it's from the early 2000s shot on video uh-huh. and not film, then it's like super cheap. I'll tell you one you would love, Andy. Have you seen a movie on there called Killjoy? No. That is an <laughs> prime example of an early 2000s late 90s movie that's like filmed on like a really crap home video camera and been released as a movie and it's you you love it the acting is terrible but terrible in a good way um and it's about this guy who's getting bullied at school summons a clown (laughs) (laughs) called killjoy to take care of his problem and it's, it's very funny there's a few funny scenes for me personally i'm not a huge horror film guy i'm more into the like the 80s b action movie like that's where i get more joy like the fucking karate films that are mixed with like <laughs> samurai action and stuff and like just the cheap action movies stein brian dennehy <laughs> yes and, and tubi's got a ton of those as well and i feel like that's where i'm gonna focus my time but uh yeah there is you know there's like four ginger dead movies <laughs> ginger dead man so i feel like i should probably watch those too 
It's so bad, you, though. Yeah. Like, it's really bad to the point where it's kind of not funny because it's just so terrible. Like, Tubi's got quite a few of those. There's a lot of those that are, are so bad, but I, I find that you can get to a point where if you get high enough, <laughs> it kind of clicks yeah. and it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like, and it's like, wow, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> like, you know, like, I, I, I find I get to that free. point. Like, leprechaun free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With cheap movies, there's a cutoff for me where the cheapness stops being fun. Because you know, like how new things are all shot on video and they all have a a lot of digital effects, like those stock explosions you can get off of uh, websites and stuff. And that stuff isn't as fun for me. Like, I still want, even if it's like a cheap B movie, I still prefer it to be shot on film and have practical effects and stuff. And I feel like there's a cutoff in like the 2000s. Like, once it's like after the year like 2010 or whatever and they all start getting shot on video, they're not as fun for me like the cheapness bothers me mm. whereas like when you get the ones from the 80s like late 70s 80s 90s they're still shot on film they're crap but like there's still something better about them mm. here's a question for you right this would be good for all of us is when was the last time you watched a movie or a tv show that you literally when you watched it you felt really excited like oh my god this is great like not just mindless entertainment that's just passing the time like the sort of thing where you're like oh my god I need to tell someone about this this is so good okay I I will say uh, I mean this is a cliche answer because everyone was saying this movie was good but it was uh, everything everywhere all at once oh sure Mm -hmm. that is brilliant it was really good what made me happy about it was just how inventive it was like I don't think I've ever seen a movie that really exploited the multiple universe thing in such a fun and inventive way and that it was so key to the story as well like so I mean but obviously everyone's saying it's really good and it turns out it was really good that's something that I need I think to do more of now is just to put aside the fact that I love superheroes and science fiction and stuff and maybe just start watching what everybody says is good instead of always putting myself through terrible Star Wars shows and like other things <laughs> that just disappoint me yeah stop watching that crap now mind yeah. you though Andor is good I'm, I've, I'm not finished it yet i've watched the first few and it, the quality of that show i find much higher than the the past few ones but uh my answer is everything everywhere all at once that's the last thing and the menu i just watched which was good too mm. what about you florence how you feeling i'm really bad at remembering any movies that i watched and we watch movies all the time so you've been taking marco's advice and getting too high yeah well, no, I've actually been taking Michael's advice and getting too high. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Michael introduced me to the world of uh, CBD and THC gummies. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm going to have to think about that. I might have an answer for you like tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone else should just answer. Don't don't worry about me. Mm. Well, uh, Marco, we'll ask you, but first I want you to play me a song. You're going to say that. Well, I uh, got a track that I've been really enjoying, a bit of an outrun track, I guess you could say. Uh, it was released last year, so it's not brand new, but it's really good. Um, I don't know how to pronounce the artist's name. It's French, so you know I'm going to fuck it up. <laughs> but I think it's like Adieu Aru or something like yeah, yeah. that. Uh, Andy, can you help us out? Yeah, it's a, a, a adieu, Aru. Adieu, Aru. Adieu. Adieu. It's the basket case. Anyway. All right. Yes? Sorry. Sorry, I don't mean to make fun. He makes really good music. And just, yeah. Anyway, really good music. And the song that I want to play, which is really, really good, is called Release.
right, and that was released by Adieu Aru, who, uh, I agree, does make uh, awesome music. Every song I listen that they produce, I, I really enjoy, so uh, go check them out. Cool. And uh, well, Can I answer the question now, please? Yeah, so yeah. anyway, we're, we're back uh, with the roundtable, and Marco is going to answer the question. What was the question again? <laughs> yeah, what's the question? <laughs> <laughs> what was the last great movie or TV show that you watched that you felt this is incredible? Not not just like, yeah, this is all right, I'll keep watching it. Like, wow, I need to tell my friends to watch this. This is so, so good. That level. <laughs> basket case. <laughs> yeah. yeah, basket case for sure. For me, uh, there's been a lot of movies, none that are like just like what you're saying, like fully inspiring, but pretty close. But for me, what is on that level, and, and I've actually gone away from TV shows a little bit in the last probably four or five years. I used to watch a lot of TV shows, but I just don't have the time or the, I, I just can't invest, you know, all that energy into paying attention. And But for me, the one show that really I, I, I really brag about to people and I really enjoy has been Better Call Saul. Mm. And I just started watching the new season, uh, the final season. I'm about two episodes in, and it's still so good. Like, every episode, I'm just like, fuck love it. I just need more of this, you know? I, I need to uh, get caught up because I watched the first four seasons, I think, but I forget where I am. So I need to, <laughs> I need to go to the Wikipedia because it's been like a few years. Oh, jeez. I feel like I might have to go back and like rewatch like the last season that I already, already seen just to remind myself of what the hell's going on. Yeah, you could do that or you could like read up like because I, I missed a couple of years between season five and season six and I was like, you know what? I don't 100% remember everything. So I just read the like synopsis for each episode real briefly on on Wikipedia even and I'm like you know what alright that's right that's what happened you know so I'm, I was really up to date yeah. and then when I put on season 6 they do like a 5 minute catch up thing anyway yeah. and then that was like oh right now I can visually see you know what happened yeah. You know what I hate? What? When you watch a TV show and they do a recap and the recap kind of spoils something. I hate that shit, yeah. Because, you know, mm-hmm. they'll go like, oh, they'll they'll remind you of a character from, like, season two and it's like, oh, because that character's gonna pop up in this episode and it kind of spoils <laughs> yeah, it. Right. That's annoying. And then they'll show you somebody yeah. you haven't seen for a while and be like, well, I wonder why you're reminding me of this. I also hate the next week, next week on Fuck It, you know, and it's like, I'm gonna watch it. I don't need a fucking preview. Like, don't spoil it. <laughs> Like, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Why do I need to see two minutes of what's happening next week? Yeah. <laughs> well, half the time we're like binging anyways, right? Yeah. So it's like, what do you mean next week? Like, I'm going to watch this now. Exactly. Mm. I appreciate the recaps because if I'm not binging it, I forget what happens. My favorite is the recaps on the Star Wars show, especially like Mandalorian, <laughs> where like the episode is already just like 23 minutes and then they have like this five minute recap. It's just like, come on, like this show is <laughs> not that complicated. <laughs> like, yeah. What about you? What about but you, Michael, you see anything cool? The two things that come to mind for a TV show, we recently just watched a television show called Succession. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, I read the premise and I thought, nah, I'm not going to like that. That sounds shit. <laughs> it's Because it does, it sounds, it sounds kind of bland, but then I, it was like 99%, you know, like Rotten Tomatoes percentage or, or somewhere in that ballpark, and all the reviews were like, I didn't think I would like this, but this is just incredible, so I thought, yeah, I'll give it, I'll give it an episode. Hooked. <laughs> the acting, the story, the plot, there's nothing like it. So that was the last TV show that I, I, that I watched. Um, the last movie that I was really, really excited about, Uncut Gems, 
Did you see that? Oh yeah, oh, I that's saw a that. Great movie. I'll that's really a, like a few years ago, right? That's the uh, yeah, yeah. Sandler movie. Yeah, yep. right? and it was funny because as, as soon as I saw Adam Sandler, I thought, oh, I hate that guy. I'm not going to like this. <laughs> and then and I thought, well, we'll give it a try. And it was just such a throwback to those like Scorsese type street movies you know where it's just there's a there's an underbelly kind of dark tale being told underneath this thing and it was just that's my kind of cinema so I was just like this is amazing this is really really great Adam Sandler was amazing in it mm-hmm. it was like everything about it was like it was filmed well it was yeah. acted well it was like everything about it was amazing but I absolutely hate hated watching it because it gave me anxiety watching it and guess what that's exactly <laughs> what the movie's supposed, supposed to, do. to do yeah it just takes you down that journey oh yeah of like a of, a, of an addict yeah. and the fact that the addict will do anything to keep chasing that high mm-hmm. it's funny though adam sandler would do that to you you know like he makes these stupid movies and and that's fine you know like i don't have a problem with him but i don't watch his movies and you know they're really silly humor and he'll do like so many of them and then every once in a while he'll pull out this movie and you, to remind you that he's actually a really fucking good actor you know when he wants mm. to be mm. um just out of nowhere and you're like wow man what a performance you know mm-hmm. it had that early sort of scorsese movie feel like mean streets or taxi driver or something it just had that mm. very kind of gritty street level tale of a guy who you just knew it wasn't going to end well mm. I wonder if if some genres just can't be done now because of the way like technology has advanced or the way the world is. Because when was the last time there was a really good like gangster movie? <laughs> you know, it, it just seems like there's there's time where like in the 70s and 80s you could have these like awesome gangster movies, and like now mm. that like everybody has cell phones and we understand the way the movie works and how easily things can be like traced and tracked and stuff, that it's sort of like destroyed the crime movie in a way. Do you not think though that Goodfellas was was the benchmark but then it was also the it became too popular that that whole wise guy sort of movie became cliche mm-hmm. we watched another movie recently actually that around about that time called a bronx tale phenomenal movie de niro's in it it's amazing it was written by the guy who stars in it Chaz palmentary it's a true story and it's about him growing up in the bronx and it's just such great writing and it was a nice sort of slant on that wise guy sort of 1950s era that's not cliche you know it's not just Joe Pesci going you motherfucker you (laughs) you know I mean it's good there's a lot of heart in it but there's there's still that kind of fucked up gangsters and you know that they're probably going to get blown up or something (laughs) well look we got to listen to some more music and uh, and we'll keep chatting Marco you got another one sure I sure do I got a really cool chill wave track that I've been enjoying Um, it's from an artist I just discovered called uh, Gemini Drive And yeah, the song is called Ascension.
All right, and that was Ascension by Gemini Drive. Yeah, that was a cool song, and we're back here at the round table. We're talking about movies and things with uh, Marco and Michael and Florence. Is anyone watching uh, Last of Us? Oh, yeah. Oh, before I came up to do this uh, round table with you guys, we literally just watched the first episode. Amazing. Really, really good. Actually, great show. You're an Xbox guy, right? So have you ever played the game? Yeah. No, because it's f- fucking PlayStation. Yeah, exclusive. yeah, yeah. It's really interesting <laughs> because it's a very good game, and it's also... Like, the characters in Last of Us are really defined because it's a really cinematic game, so it's already like you're playing a movie. Yes. And so it's weird to see it adapted because the characters in the game have a very specific look and a very specific sound, and since it's so much like a movie anyways, seeing other characters play them, for me anyways, is like, it's a little weird. (laughs) Because it's like if they do like a movie version of a TV show you watch and like the TV show is still on the air and then the movie version just recasts everybody. But at the same time, it's a really well-made show, so it's hard to to knock it really. And and they are able to do things that they didn't do in the game, like whenever they do these sort of flashbacks to the past to like show like the, the beginning of the, the outbreak and stuff and sort of explain how it works and things. Because they didn't really do that in the game. They sort of pretty specifically follow like the main characters. Mm. But yeah, it's good. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, you see a franchise like that and you, you're you kind of sceptical you know when you see like The Walking Dead and so far what I watched was really compelling engaging and I, and I, I was kind of like I can't wait to watch the second episode but I just I hope it doesn't go down that derivative route do you know what I mean I feel like Walking Dead did that well, Walking Dead was always a weird one for me because, like, I mean, maybe I already had zombie fatigue at the time that that started. But I remember, like, Walking Dead really had this potential of, like, oh, cool, like a zombie TV show. And then I was out after, like, season three, I think, and my wife continued to watch it. And whenever I would walk in the room and see, like, episodes from, like, season nine and, like, ten and stuff, I'm like, what is... Like, it was, like, bad to me. All right. Like, I walked in and was like, this show sucks. Yeah. Like, I, why are you still watching this? Yeah, it's just... <laughs> that's a, that's a show that the train had left the station you know what I mean it was oh, yeah. it was kind of like well we're stuck now we have to do this you know and picking up a paycheck TV show <laughs> one of those ones Walking Dead felt to me like the whole point of the show was filler you know like because you watch the first six episodes and remember like they go to like that lab and there's this potential that you're going to get answers about like what caused the outbreak and why are there zombies and I felt like oh is this where the show is going to go like they're going to eventually figure things out and then it's just like 10 seasons of stupid humans arguing with each other in like different small communities (laughs) and then fighting zombies with CGI blood and it was like so we're never gonna get to the bottom like it felt like the show had this potential to give you this cool story and then just became like grinding its gears for like 10 years like it's just weird to me yeah it got weird right because it was like oh here's another community we're gonna throw in another community headed by an even worse guy (laughs) and and, and on the surface everything seems great Great. It's a socialist paradise. But really, underneath, what are they really doing? You know, it's like fucking, it's always the same shit. It's like, and then there's drama, you know, and it's like, I just, I don't want to see that shit. The first season was great because there wasn't that much drama. It was just them trying to figure out what's going on, going to different places, and it was all fresh and new, and and it was cool. There was a direction. Like you said, they were going to the lab, and you're like, well, cool, all right, let's see what's going to happen. And then it just went to shit. I, I can't believe it went for so long. I know. <laughs> like, that's crazy. It's crazy to me. <laughs> I mean, the fact that there was just so much, in it, like like the fandom, it almost kind of enslaves the writers to, ah, uh, we, need, 
we now need to do a season 16. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whenever I would walk in on like an episode from one of the later seasons, it would always be like some really over the top stupid action scene with like, what's his face from Boondock Saints, like doing some ridiculous thing with a bow and arrow. I'm just like, what is this show? Like, is this the same thing? It's like, it just felt like a completely different pro. Some guy had like tigers. Like there was like this dude with like dreadlocks who had like these tigers and like all this other stuff. We're like, what is this show? Like, I, anyway, whatever. Fuck it. <laughs> it was almost like they tried to add like a Mad Max sort of vibe to it and it was just like, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In the case of Last of Us, like, I mean, they have the story of the first game, so at least I know like the first season will be, I mean, if it maintains this quality level, like it, it's a good story. My my concern, although this, you know, this won't affect you guys necessarily, but like, because The Last of Us 2 had quite a bit of like pushback from fans of the game because they do a thing which which actually is I, I don't want to spoil it but like they didn't like the direction that they took it let's say and so it's going to be interesting if they try and follow the formula of the second game or if they try and like veer away and do something else with it because people didn't like what they did but i mean at least with the first season it's like they'll have a solid story i wish more shows would do that too just like at the end of the season instead of having it to be continued mm. just end because I'm, I'm getting a little tired of that too like just being drawn along and then when shows go to shit you're like well fuck now i'm invested mm. yeah that sucks yeah but whatever <laughs> well look we'll, we'll keep chatting but we got to go to a break and we'll be right back you've got you've got more fucking breaks than youtube <laughs> yeah well <laughs> We got breaks, we got songs, and this will be on YouTube. So that's the thing. There'll be breaks within my breaks for, like, uh, actual <laughs> commercials. Maybe there'll be, like, an art grid ad in the middle of this. Oh, oh man. What? These crackers fucking suck. Well, no wonder. You got the no brand, you dumb asshole. Hey, fuck you. Hey, not my problem, not my money. Well, what the hell am I supposed to do now? Uh... Try these. Holy shit! What the fuck is this? Hugh Hefner's cheese explosions. What, like the Playboy guy? Nope. It's spelled differently for legal reasons. What? How, how do you spell it? Hefner. H-E-F-F-N-A-H. Oh. Why? Who cares? It's just a, an odd brand name for a cheese cracker. But they're good, right? Yeah, it's it's just the brand name. It's really confusing, because when I think... Hugh Hefner's Cheese Explosions. All cracker, all meat, and no copyright infringement. Crunch, motherfucker. Hello, this is God. Beyond Synth is made possible by listeners like you. Today, I would like to personally acknowledge Mike Erdel, Dinner Dog, Brandon Decker, Johnny Five, and Albion Algorithm. Thank you. All right, and we're back, and uh, we're going to continue with the Power Hour in just a few minutes. But first, uh, I got to do the birthday announcements. Normally, I would do these during the Marco and Andy Power Hour, but since we had to reschedule some things and some shows are airing in different orders than I had planned, and uh, why am I telling you this? Look, let's do Beyond Synth Birthdays! It's time for Beyond Synth Birthdays. Now that's a game changer. So, if you're a Beyond Synth patron, I'll give you a birthday shout-out 
I mean, you got to tell me what it is because I'm not psychic. I'm just a guy. It's also not much of a prize since some of these are like two weeks late. But some of these are several weeks early. So there you go. So we got a happy belated birthday to Joe Esposito, a.k.a. Joe Ozone, February 11th. So happy birthday. What was that two weeks ago? <laughs> happy birthday. And then we got Daniel, a.k.a. Silent H, the next day, February the 12th. Happy belated birthday to Silent H, Daniel Rivnak, because your last name starts with an H and the H is silent. Happy birthday. Then we go to February 14th, which is also my dad's birthday and the birthday of your friendly neighborhood raccoon, Petey. Happy birthday to you, Andrew. Of course, you heard him on the Beyond Synth trivia episode from a month ago. And the uh, next episode of trivia is next week. So you'll find out if uh, returning champion Rachel Buchelman holds on to her title or if she is defeated by two new contestants, which has nothing to do with Andrew's birthday. Happy birthday. And then on February 16th, we have Wes Evans, a.k.a. Cenotaph. Happy belated birthday to you. I should have really (laughs) done these birthday announcements a few weeks ago. Uh, Happy birthday, Cenotaph. Hope you're having a lovely day and keep being cool. And I hope you had a happy birthday. Have a happy birthday. Then we move ahead to February 26th, which hopefully is in the future of the day I post this, or else this episode is like a week late. And that is a happy birthday to Dinner Dog. That's right, Dinner Dog. Happy birthday to you. Hope you're having a Dinner Dog day and a lovely evening, and that uh, everyone in the house is nice to you on your birthday. I don't know. (laughs) Happy birthday. And then we move ahead the next day to February 27th. A happy birthday to Essie Dre. That's right. I hope you have a lovely birthday. I still don't think I have a handle on the pronunciation of your name, but uh, what do you expect? It's only been many, many years, right? <laughs> happy birthday to you, buddy. Happy birthday. And then the next day, February 28th, a very happy birthday to Night of Ducks. Knight of Ducks is a very cool guy, and I hope on February 28th you have a very happy night. I don't know what... Is that a sex joke? I don't know if that's a sex joke or not, but uh, take it or leave it, because that's what you're going to get. So happy birthday to you, Knight of Ducks. Happy birthday. And that's all I got to say. So happy birthday to all of you. Those were the Beyond Synth birthdays. And now let's listen to this. Uh, this is a lovely song from Wojciech Olszewski. I love this guy's music. Uh, he was a guest on the show a few seasons ago, and he makes awesome stuff. And this track is called Slow Motion.
And that was Slow Motion by Wojciech Golczewski. And that is a neat one. And we're back. This is the Beyond Scent Roundtable with Marco Merrick, Michael Oakley, and Florence Bullock. And we were talking about movies and TV. So, uh, Florence, what have you been watching? We watched Willow, <laughs> which uh, I actually really enjoyed Willow. Yeah, so <laughs> I... It was really fun. I'm, I'm all mixed now because mm-hmm. I thought it was okay at the beginning yeah and the show did some things that i didn't like so i did not like modern uh music in fantasy setting that that never works for me most of the time they kept it for the end credits music but there was a few examples in some later episodes where they would play like a contemporary song during a piece of action on the show yeah which bugged me a little i I actually liked the cast Mm -hmm. and the first episodes i was like okay i'm fine with this like it wasn't i thought willow was funny i thought his little buddy was funny and i think the last time i talked about it on the show i was pretty like you know this show's okay Mm -hmm. and then episode three happened and they did that thing that pisses me off they did the day for night effect (laughs) where they film in the daytime and then they just change the color of the picture to be blue and gray and i fucking hate that because i couldn't see what the hell was happening and they killed off like two of like the main characters in that episode and I couldn't really like appreciate their deaths because I couldn't see what was going on mm-hmm. and they also did a thing that was weird in that one where the evil started to like possess the world or whatever and like the sky became all cloudy and stuff mm-hmm. and then at one point the girl goes into the forest and she meets these like two lesbian woodsmen who like live in this little cabin <laughs> yeah. and in that sequence the sun was shining yeah. and I know the point of like the writing point because I read an interview with the, the writers basically saying like you know it's that point in like the fantasy tale where like the hero is tempted away from the mission right so the world is dark and fucked up but here's a little safe space that you know tempts you away but it just didn't make any sense because then I, the whole time this scene was going on I was like are these two women evil because like why is the world's weather not affecting them in this cabin like are they witches I just kept on thinking they were going to become villains because there must be some magical power protecting them because the world doesn't seem to be affecting them in this little pocket of the forest. So instead of getting that feeling of like, oh, I get what they're doing, you know, like these women are so nice and maybe if she stays with them, she'll be protected. All I thought was these women are witches. (laughs) This doesn't make any sense. But then uh, I I felt like the final episode kind of fell apart for me, like story wise, Mm -hmm. like that final battle and all that other stuff was just sort of like, what the fuck is going on? Like, you know, when things are like action scenes are really poorly directed and they're all fighting in the same room but it's sort of unclear as to like who's fighting who and where the characters are and stuff and I felt like that last episode was a lot of that where I'm like isn't there like three big bad guys that they're fighting but then there's some scenes where characters are still having like conversations with each other like in the corner are you not getting like swung at by that giant guy with the thing and like where's that weird cat lady that like flips around and teleports and stuff like it it just I don't know that was my that was my feeling of Willow yeah I don't know. I didn't I didn't look into it that hard. I just I thought it was fun and yeah, like it wasn't perfect. And also like Willow wasn't one of those movies that w- was like profound it had like a profound impact on my childhood because I didn't see it until later. Yeah, me I didn't even know either. it existed until yeah. like 10 years ago or something. So, like, you know, I'm not like, "Oh god, they ruined it for yeah. doing <laughs> there, there were so many people. There were so many people who were writing like, "Oh my god, Willow 
trash. But like, and I was just like, it was fun. I had fun watching it. I think it could have been better. It could have been worse. Um, but I'm the same with you. Where like, I think a lot of people lately just in the interest because they want to complain about stuff, so they talk about these yeah. things like they were better than they were. And like, Willow is fine as a movie. Like, yeah. it's fine. It's fun. It's fun. But I've never, you know. I, it's not Lord of the Rings. No. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... God, no. It's a enjoyable little side jaunt or whatever, you know? Like, that's yeah. what it is. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll watch more. I, I kind of want them to do... I, I want Val Kilmer in there. Like, I think it would be cool if they could yeah. find a way to bring him back. Yeah. Do you know, believe it or not, I've never seen that movie. Uh. What the fuck, man? Um. Changes that friendship. <laughs> Honestly, though, I bet you if you watched it now, yeah, <laughs> I don't think you would like it. It's, it's, I think it's the same as when I didn't see Goonies until I was an adult, so I didn't have 80, any 80s nostalgia attached or childhood nostalgia with Goonies. Yeah. So I saw Goonies for the first time when I was like in my 30s and was just like, this movie sucks. You both suck. That's all I can say. <laughs> that happens with Star Wars, too. Like, I had a friend who had never seen Star Wars and we watched it and I I was like oh my god it's the best you know obviously i'm obsessed with star wars but yeah like in like she was in her 30s and she was like i don't get it and i was like yeah okay i understand i saw this when i was a kid yeah 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 like you know when you're a kid you check your disbelief at the door you know nostalgia is a hell of a drug man yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely helps with the ewoks oh yeah no i fucking love the ewoks yeah. man <laughs> well i do too I right was, but i was a dumb kid when i saw return of the jedi so i didn't know any better <laughs> i didn't have any expectations yeah but it's weird like my opinion on those movies have changed like i saw return of the jedi in the movies in like 83 i could barely remember and i loved it ewoks all that <laughs> shit and then as I got older yeah. like I saw Empire Strikes Back and I didn't like when I was a kid I was like man what the hell is this <laughs> you know I kind of avoided that one because it was just so dark but as I got older I was like man this is like the best one for sure yeah 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 like, it's so good yeah no know? my my favorite used to be Return of the Jedi in third grade and then um right me too and then it, it now it's Empire Strikes Back because it's darker yeah and there's like more to it anyway yeah it's deep no, it's true. Well, it's look at me bringing up Star Wars yep yeah, <laughs> 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 um <laughs> Look, I want I want to listen to a song. I got one here. Uh, this is just fun. Uh, Jay Diggs put out a, an R and B version of "Never Gonna Give You Up," and uh, it's good. And you're gonna love it. So let's uh, listen to that, and then we'll be uh, we'll be back. This is Jay Diggs with the "Never Gonna Give You Up."
That was Jay Diggs with Never Gonna Give You Up, the R&B version. You know, I, I, that is amazing, that version. He made a, he recreated the music video wearing the same clothes with the same, like, location in the background. Like, he basically recreated that music video. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It, like, it's totally blew up on, like, Instagram and TikTok. You should watch the video. It's like, when you watch it, you're like, oh, my God, how did, how did he have the patience to recreate that whole video? Jay's um, one of the most talented people that I've came across in the scene, actually. He's one hell of a talented guy. Really, really talented. Yeah, no, he is for sure. Oh, yeah. And he's a nice guy. Super nice guy. Are you guys uh, video gaming at the moment? Anything? I'm playing Ghost Recon Wildlands. <laughs> Such a good game. Such a good game. Yeah, it's weird. I, I sort of resisted it. One of the listeners of the show, Joe Ozone, he was always just like, he's always playing Ghost Recon. He's like, you should play, you should play. I'm like, like oh, I don't want to play fucking Ghost Recon. <laughs> and then uh, I downloaded it and it actually is really enjoyable. It's just a nice open world. Yeah, it's a great game. The action's like, good. For, like, is, it, is, it, is it like Far Cry? No, well, it's, it's third person, so it's, it's not like a first person shooter or whatever and you you're like part of a squad there's like three other guys with you and you're in like this fictional like or no it's not fictional like south american country where the bad guys are all like cartel drug things it's cool like it's just there's just so much stuff to do on the map i'm not following the plot really i just basically go to the map and like you know here's a you gotta hijack a money truck or you gotta fucking take out these guys at their base and destroy the drugs or whatever and so i just (laughs) go to different places and just shoot cartel guys and it's uh, it's actually really I'm really enjoying it. Nice. So that's that's what I'm doing. What are you doing? Um, I've been playing Resident Evil Revelations. Ooh. It's really, really good. Like, I love the Resident Evil games, right? But they did go through a period where the games were shit. <laughs> like, they, they totally, like, weaned out all of the kind of survival horror scariness. And it was more of, like, a just a an, like an RPG-type shooter game. And it was just like, ah, uh, that's not why I come here for this. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I get this from games like Far Cry or... But, yeah, I've been back, back playing. Nah, I was. I actually played the Resident Evil One remake. That they up they updated the graphics in the game. That was really good. Really, really good. I get confused because they're also remaking a bunch of the old ones as well. So like there was already like some mm. HD remasters of some of the games, but then they've also remade them as well. Because I think they're about to do four. Like yeah, Resident the remake. Evil. The remake of two is phenomenal. So good. 
so so good that you should pe- pick that up if you get the chance it's really great great game I'd be curious to, to yeah to play them again just because the controls because like when I go back and play Resident Evil I forget they're like oh right these games are unplayable like because you know like up is always forward <laughs> mm-hmm. even if your character is facing like the wrong way and so I definitely need like updated controls yeah. if I ever play Resident Evil again well the, the Re- Revelations is really good it f- follows like a, a storyline you're on like this ship which has mysteriously not been in contact Ooh. for a while, so they've you've you've been sent out to investigate, and of course something has went awry on the ship. Oh shit! Where's Wesker? <laughs> is Wesker he's there? Not, he, he's not in it. <laughs> he's not in it, unfortunately. He is such a corny character. I love that. Like when it comes to Resident Evil games, like everyone loves Wesker. Like, and he's just got the cheesiest voice. Mm. Like the way that guy talks, like is just ridiculous. He's the anti-villain. I played a lot of Resident Evil games, but I, I never was like huge into the lore. I feel like the last time I played a Resident Evil game, Wesker was like this giant mutant. <laughs> where like at the he was like the last boss, and like I guess he infected himself or whatever, and he mutated into this giant monster that you had to fight. <laughs> That's five. That's, okay. I, think that's I think that's Resident Evil five. Okay, um, four's great. That's a great game. Yeah. Do you know what the last one that they released? Uh, Village, which is like Resident Evil seven, I think. <laughs> that was a total return to that creepy horror where you're like, oh my god, I don't want to open that door. Oh no! <laughs> Isn't it crazy that we're so old that like all these franchises now? Think about it. Like we just had Mortal Kombat eleven, and Mortal Kombat just celebrated its thirtieth anniversary. Mm. When I think about that, it's just wild to me, mm-hmm. and it makes me feel old. Yeah, it sucks, man. <laughs> I remember when I first got like Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter 2 like as a kid when I got my, my Super Nintendo and you're sitting there thinking oh my god I've got the same graphics on this as like the arcade you know yeah. you, 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 you could only play those types of things on our, on arcade machines so it was like oh my god this is so advanced and then you look at those graphics now and they just you know they look so antiquated oh yeah it's amazing and the same with like Donkey Kong Country on the Super Nintendo like at the time it was like this looks like a fucking cartoon like just yeah. 3d animation and then like now it's still pretty pixelated yeah it's pretty awesome though <laughs> marco play me a song yeah i've been listening to some older stuff lately too i've got uh i got a track from 10 years ago one of my favorites back then that i just rediscovered andy so i think we're gonna play a few old ones this one in particular is really good i love the vocals in it it's just a really well constructed and uh, produced track the artist is uh algebraic satellite and the song is on the 705 
All right, that was Algebraic Satellite <laughs> with the track on the 705. Marco's pulling out some classics. When that one came out, like nine years ago? When that one came out is what I just said. Uh, ten, actually, ten years ago, 2013, I found that. And uh, we were obsessed with it. Back in the plug DJ days, we used to hang out and play it. And that was one of the favorites we used to play back then. So can't believe it's been ten fucking years, man. Damn. We're old. We're trip. That's gonna be the That's going to be the through line of this year. It's just yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're all old. What are you playing, Marco? Are you playing something? What, video game-wise? Yeah. Mm. Oh, honestly, I got back into... So, I started playing GTA... I know this is going to sound crazy. I started playing GTA Five again. So, around 2013, they came out, and all the previous GTA games I've finished 100%, except for San Andreas. That was a bitch of a game to fucking... It was really difficult. I'm obsessed with them. I love them, right? But I kind of... Uh, 2013, I found Facebook groups for uh, Soothwave communities and stuff like that, and I kind of stopped playing games for a couple of years, so I never ended up really finishing GTA Five and... And I finally got back to it. I know it's it's only been 10 years on that one too. <laughs> but um, I'm about uh, 45% of the way through. I'm going to finish it 100%. And I'm really enjoying that right now. Are you uh, doing it on computer or on the PlayStation? I'm doing it on the PlayStation 4, actually, yeah. But uh, I still think it looks amazing on the PS4. So, yeah, it's a really fun game. As I don't think I have to uh, mention that. Everybody knows it's a great game. Last year, I bought the GTA remasters. So, obviously, that includes three... Vice City and San Andreas but at the time when I bought it and I said this to you at the time Andy it was fucked like <laughs> the, the graphics and some of the stuff that was going on in the game made it unplayable at a certain point so I was pissed <laughs> so I stopped playing it and then they released an update and uh, I went back to it so I, I, I did the same as you I was trying to go through and get all of the achievements and I think I did mm-hmm. so the most recent one I did with uh, three I think I've got like three achievements left to get nice is this why you were obsessed with Marty Chonks. <laughs> the name's Chonks. Marty Chonks. <laughs> from the bitchin' dog food factory. <laughs> just, just to disclose, in our private chat, one day you just showed up and you just sent me the stupid still picture of Marty Chonks. Because I, I remember I got a refund of stupid GTA, right? Because I was so disappointed with it, it pissed me off. And I did get mm-hmm. my refund, which was nice. And if you're a, a member of PlayStation Extra, GTA Vice City remaster is available so I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd re-downloaded it just to see if they had uh, fixed it and it is a little bit better it's still disappointing that the gameplay isn't smooth considering how simple the graphics are like even on the PS5 I still have to put it on performance mode for it to like play with a smooth frame rate mm-hmm. which is ridiculous because like it is not a complicated game graphically like even the remaster mm-hmm. but I haven't played 3 in a while so I haven't seen Marty Chonks but I went to the fucking <laughs> the GTA wiki and the difference between what Marty Chonks looks like on like the old version versus the new one <laughs> just, yeah. the stupid new graphics of some of the characters is horrible in the remake like they've got the dumb faces he's got this stupid baseball cap that's like gigantic and like floating on his head like he just it looks so stupid those games are still great now I mean they've held up so well and I just remember the first time I ever played GTA 3 and just the whole kind of format with like voice actors and there being like a storyline in that way it was just like oh my god this is like a total landmark in gaming and even to this day it's still I love playing it it's so great it's nice to 
to go back to those ones just because the modern open world game are so packed with side missions and and the maps are so big that I never know where the hell I'm going Mm -hmm. that it is nice to go back to like one of the classic GTAs and just remember like oh the cities are actually pretty small it's quaint it's like I can actually remember and like memorize the streets and where I'm supposed to go and stuff and I don't really need the map and Mm -hmm. I miss that and really all there really is to do is just the main story and maybe like if you occasionally want to steal a cop car and do like side quests or whatever but that's kind of it and it, it, there's something nice about that I love how it's, you know just now you can get achievements so you have that little bit of a, a motivation to want to unlock that achievement on your, your Xbox or your Playstation or whatever you know was there an achievement associated with Marty Chonks uh no <laughs> just that you kill your wife and you kill your business manager <laughs> Jesus it's classic well, well what about you Florence you don't really do any gaming right no. you're just laying on the floor all day I'm just laying on the floor all day no but I watch uh, my boyfriend play games a lot he got a Tetris effect on the PS5 and he got me a purple PlayStation controller so I could play it too so <laughs> we did that I've also I really want to be able to play this game I've always I really wanted to play power wash simulator yeah. <laughs> i don't know if you've ever watched like power washing videos they're the best mm. i can love that shit it's just it's so satisfying <laughs> so satisfying and i'm like oh my god they have a power wash simulator game like that is right L- like, like like a fetish like you know you watch those videos of yeah. chiro- chiropractors cracking people's backs that i love watching that that's my Aww. that's my thing <laughs> So Power Wash Simulator, Cameron bought it and I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to totally play this. But I started playing it and like I have not played enough video games to understand the mechanics of like how to move around in a space in a video game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like with the dual analog. Yeah, I just like I cannot get it through my head. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like I'm sure if I had to, I could sit there and I could figure it out. But I just get so frustrated because I can't move the view the way I want it. It's so annoying. So I like gave up on Power Wash Simulator very early on. To be fair, though, it's also slightly disappointing. Yeah. Like, because I know exactly what you're talking about, about the satisfaction of yeah. Power Washing. Oh, yeah. So... I thought I would enjoy playing it, mm-hmm. but I found it to be, and this sounds terrible, but I kind of wish the game was easier. Yeah. They expect you to really do it. And I'm like, I just want to fucking do stripes and just have the car like, get cleaned up. Like, I didn't like how yeah. you had to keep switching nozzles. Yeah. I feel like I would enjoy it more if it was an iPad game. Oh, sure. Where you just point your finger on the screen and then just fucking clean the, yeah. you know what I mean? I felt the same way about Lawnmower Simulator as well. It was the same thing. It's like, <laughs> this isn't as satisfying as I wanted it to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it just got it. It was, like, too real. But, uh, I mean... I'll just buy my own fucking power washer <laughs> and actually power wash things. Can you imagine? Wait a second. Cameron has around. a fucking PS5? Yes. I thought he only had an Xbox. He has both. Tell him to add me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's always on the Xbox, mostly. So... Yeah. <laughs> the PS5 is just there sometimes. Yeah, I finally got better internet. So... Oh, yeah. I think I'm going to start okay, doing I'll, more... I'll make sure. ...gaming online with people. I'll make sure he adds you. Or maybe... I, d- I don't know. Maybe I'll... I have a, I have my own purple PS5 controller, so... Good. Well, we should play a game. Find a game. I'll, I'll play Tetris yeah, Effect. That's a a, I love Tetris. Yeah. Although Tetris yeah. Effect is very busy visually it is very it is very busy but it's like it's so cool and the music's cool it's fun yeah i I liked it tetris effect isn't really really good 
really good. Yeah. What I liked, there was one map, or map, there's one uh, where it's like wood, like wood blocks, and the way that the music sort of, like the music is really synced with the gameplay. Yeah, it's so cool. And the sound effects, and so the wood block one is so satisfying, because every time you move it, it's almost like you hear like gears moving, it's like, like as you're like moving the pieces, and it just, there was something really satisfying about the way it it worked, so. Yep. Yeah, definitely something to do. But in the meantime... We should listen to some music. So, uh, Marco, play me a track. If you insist, guys. Okay, I'll have to then. I've got another retro track here from 2013. This is the first time I uh, actually heard sort of metal infused with chiptune, and it's done so well. Like, it's really the perfect mixture, and it's kind of started a love affair for me for this type of music. The song is uh, called Black Lock, featuring Stemage by C. Jeff.
right, and that was C. Jeff with the track Black Lock featuring Stemage. And that's a, that's a classic from back in the... Are we allowed to call these classics now if they're from 2013? Yes, they are definitely classics, man. All right. Synthwave classics. 2013, oh my God, that's the same year the movie Drive came out. <laughs> Actually, it isn't, 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 isn't when's, Drive's 2011, isn't it? Yes. <sighs> I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it's 2012, but no, I think I think it is 2011. I'm, I cannot believe it. Yeah, it's 2011. I hate feeling like okay. a hipster on this topic. Because, like, I don't watch Drive because everyone always talks about it. But, like, when I first saw it, I really liked it. That was before I discovered Synthwave. And I remember... Great movie. Yeah, like, I think it's a good movie. And I remember hearing on a podcast... I liked it. Someone was just like, oh, if you like synth scores, you might dig uh, Drive. And I'm like, well, I like synth scores. And this was before the Synthwave scene. And I'm like, cool. And I was like, this is awesome. But then when everyone... It just became, like, the flagship movie of the scene. I I haven't really watched it. (laughs) In many many years, because I feel like like uh, a boob. A boob. The, the funny thing with that movie is that I always forget is that Brian Cranston and Oscar Isaac are in that movie. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Oh yeah they yeah, are. Right. They are in that movie. Yeah, and Oscar they? Isaac before he was big yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. I actually forgot about Brian Cranston <laughs> until you just said yeah. that. It's been so long. Yep. He's got, he's got a very small mm-hmm. role in it, but it's just nuts that he's in that movie. Ron Perlman. That's <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh yeah, yeah Ron so, yeah. Perlman's in. The, oh my god. Yeah, there are a ton of people in that movie. That's crazy. And it's of course it's got Gosling in it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. What's like a yeah. giggle? <laughs> well, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I do know what you mean. Sex. Yeah, that's right. That's what we're talking about, right? <laughs> <laughs> There's something else I, th- I thought I watched. Oh, What We Do in the Shadows Season 4 was awesome. If anyone out there watches What We Do in the Shadows, mm-hmm. that's a funny fucking show. Season 3 I didn't like as much as the previous two, but Season 4 was funny as hell. So, Did you watch Andor, Florence? Yeah, of course. Did you finish it? Yes. Okay. I, I won't say anything. I mean, like, okay. I'm only on episode four i think but i'm enjoying it so far yeah this is the thing that bugged me about the the quality level of um you know boba fett and uh, obi-wan was like the second andor started from like the opening moments it was just like oh this show's higher quality than those other ones like it just even just like the music the way it looks the font it's just like everything about it just felt just a higher quality than the previous star wars shows i had watched oh totally you ever notice that it's just like a weird thing like when you watch a cheap movie or something like sometimes you can just tell within like seconds especially with tubi movies you know like sometimes there are certain logos that come up before the movie starts like production companies and the second it's just like well this is gonna be shit (laughs) like just like and you just know like like before anything's even happened. Yeah, sure. I always love like. Do you know? Do you not notice how there's all these like? There's always about four or five fucking production company things that happen at the start of the videos. Like, mm-hmm. tell you what's really bad for it. You know how on Netflix you get those movies that say Bruce Willis is in them, but he's only in it for like two minutes. <laughs> yeah, and it's all and it's always that same production company, that same shit company with the roller coaster at the start, and it goes all the way down. And then, like, a hawk flies in and there's another company. <laughs> Dream Legacy Productions. Yeah. And, and oh then God. it's like that morphs into some fucking other animal. Sushi Productions. 
I love when it just keeps going because then you know that like 80 companies gave like 5,000 bucks to make the movie yeah. and they all want their stupid 10 second dumbass thing at the start of the movie it's awesome well the 10 second thing is usually Bruce Willis at the start of the movie and, it's, and, it's, and, it, and, it, and it always involves like he's he's the guy that sort of tells them what to do for like two minutes and then you see him at the very end of the movie and it turns out he's the guy that double crossed him and you have to <laughs> do you know what I mean it's like so bad and for the rest of the movie it's just some random bald guy that they just show from behind there's a few there is, there's a few there's in there there's like a few movies like that that are like they get a big actor who you're like oh this must be good Al Pacino's in this <laughs> and then he's only in it for like two seconds at the start hey kid and then that's it yeah you see him for the rest of the movie. Uh, yeah. sometimes it's pretty awesome like just how little effort the big star puts into it but like i would love to see one where they just do it over skype that would be the ultimate like if it was just like al pacino and like he's literally just over skype he just shows up in scenes where he talks to them over the tv monitor or something i haven't seen that yet <laughs> they still show up for a day of filming somewhere he's in a new tv show that's out and it's uh, i think it's called hunters and it's about nazi hunters in the 1970s you know when there was like that period where they were sort of looking for the the, the last of the ones that were in hiding in america and stuff like that mm. there's a really good documentary actually on netflix about uh one guy who they found in america and he, and he gets sent to uh i think it's called devil on your doorstep and it's the true story about a guy who was living in America. They found out who he was. He was like this terrible Nazi death camp guard dude. And they sent him to Israel to get put on trial. It's fact, you should watch it. It's really great. But yeah, Al Pacino's in this new show that I really want to see. That's on Amazon, right? I feel like I've seen the, the thumbnail. Well, it's on two networks. It's on uh, Amazon or if you have a subscription to Pirate Bay. <laughs> it's my, my favourite network. <laughs> <laughs> then all, all, all aboard, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> sailing the seven seas of the pirate bay. <laughs> well, look, on that note, let's listen to some more music. I want to listen to uh, this one. I think it's a, a, a newer one from Car, K-A-R-R. It's a good song. It's called Nova Star.
And that was Nova Star by Carr. It all rhymes. You know what? I'm going to look that up now because I swear to Christ that's a fucking Knight Rider thing. There was a bad guy truck in Knight Rider called Goliath. (laughs) And that's the thing that his evil twin brother drove. But (laughs) Goliath didn't talk. I watched... A couple Knight Rider episodes when I had COVID. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was fun. But that's my extent of Knight Rider knowledge. Boo! Car Car stands for Knight Automated Roving Robot. Okay. He shows up in season one in the episode Trust Doesn't Rust. Trust Doesn't (laughs) Rust. (laughs) Trust Doesn't Rust. That's That's something. Oh, and he's voiced by Optimus Prime. Oh, that's cool. Oh, so Car talks. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. Turbo boosters, Michael. <laughs> that's my impression of Cat for you. It's really, uh-huh. really, it's really good, doesn't it? I still think it would be cool to do like an All Stars show. Most of the actors are not available anymore, but you know, like to do the show where fucking Knight Rider and Street Hawk and uh, you know MacGyver like get everybody from the '80s and they all just join some super team. <laughs> Um, a team could join, and and um, who's the helicopter again? Fucking Airwolf. Yep. Um, that, <laughs> that'd be a cool show, man. Just like the Ultimate Squad. It's a cool theme tune. They tried to do Knight Rider a few times, and it never worked. There was like a newer show. Did you ever watch Viper? Did anyone ever see Viper? Mm-mm. It was like nope. in the 90s. And it was the similar kind of premise where the guy had a Dodge Viper, but it could like it would morph and it would go into like a more tactical mode where it was like blue, but then it would turn red to be in like sports car fast mode. And like that was the big gimmick is that it changed color. I think it also changed shape slightly, but it didn't talk or anything. And he did missions. I don't remember that one. That's uh mm. One has passed me by, unfortunately. Viper. Yeah, in the 90s. Remember there was a bunch of like these kind of action shows? Remember like Pamela Anderson? Hulk Hogan did one. What was the one? Is, that, is Viper the one that you said that had that one with the episode with, with Brian Dennehy? <laughs> no, that was... Hunter. Hunter. Hunter is awesome. That show is like so 80s. It's amazing. Like like just the 80s cop show. Mm. And uh, the pilot episode, mm. Brian Dennehy is the bad guy. <laughs> and... <laughs> And at the end, fucking lunges at Hunter and then flies off the roof. Ah! And it's, it's like fucking, it's so awesome. It's like one of my favorite things. I saved that clip and I watch it from time to time just because it's like the stupid scream he makes. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Day. <laughs> yeah, man, it's fucking. Uh, we we watched uh, uh, the the FX movies. You ever seen those with Brian Brown and Brian Dennehy? No, I should though. That's something they're I should. Right? Yeah, I saw both in the movies. They're really good. Really good movies. All right, I'll. Uh, I'm gonna put that on my. I'm gonna put that on my list. That'll be my homework for for next I'm time. Put you on my list. <laughs> Fuck! I don't want to be on that list. Unless it's a good list, you gonna buy me something? Yeah, you know you don't. You don't want to be on there, so you better improve your shit. Here's a here's a recommendation for you that I I think is on Tubi, but if it's not, it's on Netflix. Have you got Netflix, Andy? Yeah, yeah, I pay for all these right. fucking things. Right, so check out a movie that you'll really like called Good Time. It's got Robert Pattinson on it, and I'd, I'd initially... Oh, it's the same directors as uh, Uncut- Gems. Yeah, yeah, it's a great movie. Oh, the guy that plays his brother in that movie is 
the guy that wrote it, the di- the director and writer, um, he plays his brother. Right. But it's just again, it's one of those movies where you're just like, this is an unusual story. This is, you know what I mean? You're sort of like caught up in this person's plight and their story of trying to get his brother out you know what I mean it's like really great movie watch check it out and watch it is it new uh, it came out about five five years ago maybe okay yeah. alright I'll add that to the list so here's my list so far Basket Case <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah definitely Killjoys FX the movie part one and two yeah and Good Time yes and if you haven't seen Uncut, Uncut you can add Gems. New York Ripper in there too mate <laughs> New York Ripper isn't on fucking Tubi in Canada, dude. Oh, just it doesn't matter. I'll I'll fucking buy it for you. Just, Jesus Christ! I uh, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Sick with of you. your damn excuses. <laughs> maybe, damn excuses. Maybe I should just stop saying excuses and just go like, look, I watched the seven minute kill reel and it was really upsetting. So like, I don't know that I'm ever. Please, all right, whatever. You know, I'm gonna make a petition and you're gonna fucking watch it. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> Well, ma- listen, we can probably uh, start to wind down. Marco, why don't you uh, play me another track? Sure thing. I got one more here. Uh, this is from a new artist I just discovered. Uh, looks like he's brand new. He's only been around for a few weeks. I uh, got a few cool tracks. Um, he's definitely one to watch. The artist is called Lirio. He's from France, and uh, his new track is called Reflecting.
All right, and that was Reflecting by Lirio. That was a cool song. We've just been having a fun time today on the the round table. I'm trying to think if I do have a round table in this house. Are those like on the out? Was there like a time when round tables were cool? Not since time of King Arthur. I think if I don't think I've ever had a round table. My grandmother had the breakfast room, and she had a round table in that room. It was like a square room. (laughs) I need exact dimensions. I, I don't know. 15 feet by 15. It's a nice size. But uh, it was a square table, or sorry, a round, fuck me. It was a square table. <laughs> a round table <laughs> with a lazy Susan in the middle. Ooh, I miss those things. Yeah, there's a lazy Susan in the middle of the round table. That's fun. I have vivid memories of this round table and the lazy Susan. I don't know why they call them lazy Susans. Because... Oh, well, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'd like to hear your fake answer. I get the lazy part, you know. Hold on here. Yeah, let's look this up. What's the... Lazy Susan. Uh, it's just selling me Lazy Susan. You're, you're too lazy to get up and go to the other side of the table to <laughs> grab the food you want. Oh, my God. <laughs> Siri thought I was talking to her. Shut up, bitch. <laughs> your name's not Susan, you fucking bitch. <laughs> It's a goddamn lazy, Susan. But yeah, you're, you're too lazy to get up and go to the other side of the table, so you spin the thing. You spin the lazy Susan. It's brilliant. I'm on Wikipedia, but it says for disambiguation, if you want the film Lazy Susan. There's a movie called Lazy Susan. What is that about? Um... <laughs> A frumpy, bumbling, unmotivated woman named Susan always manages to get herself into the most ridiculous situations imaginable. Sounds like my fucking life. <laughs> Starring Brian Dennehy yeah. and Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> oh no, it's 2020, so Brian Dennehy is long dead. Oh. Oh, this is a new movie. Yeah, poor guy did not have the opportunity to star alongside Sean Hayes in Lazy Susan. Wow. Brian Dennehy. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> oh, do not edit that out of the show. I want I want that to stay in. Very good. Well look, is there anything uh we didn't uh is there anything anyone wants to say? Is that too uh, vague? <laughs> no, I think, think. And then there was silence. Yeah, like, yeah, he's just leaving it on Brian Dead. He's a great place to stop. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking dub in booze. That's what I guess. All right. Well, look. I guess we'll we'll wind down this edition. But uh, I've got some homework here, so maybe I'll try and watch some of these things for next time. And. Uh, We'll see how that goes. and Well, Florence, you're probably not going to be uh, fixed by the time we record next time, right? Because you might be on a... You're not going to be fixed. A list for a while. I don't know. We will see. Yeah. But that would be nice, right? Because... Uh, it would be really nice. If I feel bad for you right now, because we're like, we got to record, and then like you got to lay on your back. No. Well, I'm on my stomach right now. I'm at... Like, I'm fairly comfortable. When do you take your big boy gummy? I'll take it... I don't know, maybe in a couple hours or something. What's the big boy gummy? It's like half and half CBD THC. And so it just kind of like makes me a little like out of it. And then it usually dulls the pain. Even though last time I took it, it didn't do anything with the pain, but it helped me fall asleep. So that that helped. Mm. Send you right to the nether realm, Andy. Yeah. Dude, the phantom zone. <laughs> yep. Zod. Yep. Yep. <laughs> With Brian Dennehy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian, <laughs> Brian, Brian Dennehy. Oh, my God. That's where he lives. 
Oh, I'm dubbing in booze every time that happens. Uh, Marco, what's uh, what do you have to say for yourself? Well, I got to say, uh, I don't really. The only last thing I want to leave it on is just you know the final thoughts. Is I think they just announced that Jared Leto will star in Tron Three. So you just think about that. Uh, yeah, so fucking weird. Christ. But they're actually making it? It's like the fucking franchise killer. The franchise killer. Yeah, like, yay, we're getting another Tron, but at what cost? No, I don't want to see him in it. I mean, I used to think he was a good actor in the early days, but he's just been terrible for, like, so long now. He's, pe- he's picking up a paycheck now. That's where he's at. Are the characters oh, from God. Part 2 not going to be in it? I've not heard this. I don't know where they're going with it at all. The only real announcement is that they're making it and the Jared Leto will star in it. I mean, there might be more information I haven't read yet. Oh, but... I have to see a screen rant. This isn't the Tron 3 we wanted. Yeah. That's the, the title of the article. Yeah, it turns out that Kaylina Pierce-Bowen did not want this as Tron 3. That's the lady who wrote the article. No, she's dead on. She's, she's <laughs> well, yeah. I agree with her, having not read the article and just the title. Uh, that's the way I like to do a lot of my research. I just like to read the headline. and Yes. Uh, it's good. Yeah. Me too. I don't have time to read articles anymore. <laughs> just headlines. Michael Oakley. Yes. What do you have to say for yourself? I just want to say world peace and thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, I've got I've got I've got episode two of The Last of Us to uh, fall asleep to. Nice. Well, we'll uh, we'll get caught up on that next time we chat. I don't know how often we're going to record these things, so maybe we'll have a few more episodes watched before, uh, and I'll have a chance to watch Basket Case. Yeah. Maybe Maybe I'll even watch Basket Case 2. Who knows? Yes. It's all going to be very exciting. Anyways, um, all right. Well, everybody, uh, thanks for joining me, and have a a lovely evening, and uh, hope you all sleep well and all that stuff. It's a weird way to end. I don't know what I'm doing. I hope you all sleep well. All right? It's really important to me that you all get a good night's sleep. Thanks. Thanks, Andy. Yes. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll chat next time. And uh, Brian Dedehy, I guess. <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, well, how about this? Uh, let's end on a track. And uh, Marco played a bunch of his, uh, uh, you know, favorites of his and some old classics. And so I thought I would uh, play this one because this song always makes me happy. It's uh, Sebastian Gamble. This one's from 2015. Without you, featuring Tommy Reeve, a great, a great song, one of my faves. And so. So uh, let's end on that, and uh, we'll talk to you all next time.
Beyond Synth Radio is produced by Andy Last. Check the show notes for more information on the musicians featured on the show. Consider supporting Beyond Synth at patreon.com slash beyondsynth. Thanks for listening. All right, we did it. Yay. Dance with the dead, he. <laughs> Why is it? <laughs> 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 right. Oh my god I'm hitting stop <laughs>